The LA Clippers have made it seven wins in a row. 12 of the last 15, and Kawhi Leonard is playing at such a high level that I'm tempted to say we've never seen a player in Clipper history, in the 40-year history of the Clippers in Los Angeles, play like this. Why was the game against the Knicks on Saturday night so easy? Going to be talking about it all on today's hottest team in the league, Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Vaziri, born and raised in L.A. and in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where a vlog of the game was posted. Another sellout for the Clippers, second straight sellout, and what a performance we retreated to by Kawhi Leonard specifically. And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Just go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Clipper Nation, Clipper Nation. We are red hot right now. As I said in the last episode, I have not had a better stretch. As the host of Locked On Clippers. Or I should say the team has not had a better stretch since I've been host of Locked On Clippers. Seven wins in a row. 12-3 and three since we went with the new starting lineup of Harden, Terrence, Kawhi, Paul, and Zoo, And moving Westbrook to the bench. It's looking great so far. And we're the hottest team in the NBA. We're the only team that has won seven straight games right now. The longest active winning streak in professional basketball. And we beat a pretty good team in this one. The New York Knicks, a team that made it to the second round last year and are currently sitting in the fifth spot in the Eastern Conference. And we beat them handedly. Now, granted, they were on a back-to-back. They had a hard-fought game in Phoenix the night before. But 144-122, to that was a beatdown. First takeaway right off the bat, 144. Our offense was lights out. Electric. Super team looking offense. 144 points. I mean, geez, we had 79, sorry, 77 in the first half, which is our highest scoring half of the season. Everybody was just kind of rolling on all cylinders. And it was just a matter of having too much talent for the Knicks. A team that's pretty gritty. They work hard. They don't have the most talent, but they get the most out of their talent. Clippers just had too much of it. I was talking to my Knicks fans, my fellow, you know, my boys that I do a show with on Dime Dropper on Sundays about the Knicks and the Clipper matchup. And we all kind of agreed that the Clippers have three of the four best players in the matchup. You know, with Brunson, Harden, Kawhi, and Paul, three of those four best players, if you want to rank them, are going to be Clippers. I think all, I think James Harden is better than Julius Randle. And they all agreed. So, 
no disrespect to Julius Randle, he's a good player. But the Clippers, you know, the only quarter that was actually closely contested was the first quarter. But I think in the first quarter, Ivica Zubats, who Clipper fans were going insane about at halftime when I was talking to him, he, he and Kawhi, Zubats got us off to a great start. I mean, of course, there's no Mitchell Robinson for the Knicks. He is very important to what they do from a rebounding and rim protection standpoint. He's one of the best offensive rebounders in basketball, and he is very good in that drop coverage protecting the rim. Now, instead, they went with Jericho Sims starting and some Randall at the five minutes, some Isaiah Hartenstein, former Clipper Isaiah Hartenstein, who got a nice little applause when he checked into the game, and I was one of the people applauding because, dude, we miss Isaiah. He was awesome. But the Knicks had no resistance, whether it be at the point of attack or at the rim. It was open season for us. Nobody could guard Kawhi. Harden in the pick and roll was getting good stuff yet again. Russ was bullying all their point guards quickly. Brunson, they stood no chance against the way Russ was coming out in this one. And Zubats, I just thought he set the tone. Rebounding, playing good defense and drop coverage, sometimes in that high drop because Brunson, he's such a good pull-up shooter. You really have to respect his jump shot by going out a bit on those screens. And then finishing around the basket really well. When Harden was hitting him in the pick-and-roll situations, even if there's a rotation from the Knicks... I mean, it's not going to be a guy that's really going to deter Zoo. He's shooting every, over everybody like they're bar stools on that roll against New York. And he was getting easy buckets, playing with confidence. Really, really good first quarter for Zoo. And speaking of good first quarters, Kawhi Leonard was also part of that. Again, aggressive from the jump. Randall was guarding him a lot, and he was giving Randall the business and guarding him on the other end. I mean, Julius couldn't do anything about him. He was posting Randall up. Posting him up. Julius Randle's a big dude. And it was very evident, you know, being at the game, how strong Randle is. And Kawhi was posting him up, hitting him with post fades and ones. I wouldn't say crossing him up, but he was mixing him, even without dribbling. There was one time where he caught the ball at the three-point line, hit him with a little jab, ripped through back, without even putting the ball on the floor. And Randle, I mean, the amount of separation he created on that just shows Kawhi, you know, his body movement, his shoulder fakes, his shimmy. He's just so fundamentally sound. The score that he has turned into, never in my wildest imagination when he was on that San Antonio Spurs team and I watched him as a rookie did I ever think he would get this good offensively. I mean, this is ridiculous. Over the last nine games, 29.6 rebounds, four assists on 64% from the field and 60% from three. I don't remember the free throw percentage off the top of my head, but it's at least in the high 80s, low 90s. Are you kidding me? My main takeaway, though, is the only thing I'll say, the only fault for the Clippers in that first quarter, poor transition defense. I think that could be applied to both teams, but I thought the Clippers didn't do a good enough job getting back. You need to have multiple bodies back. You know, If one guy can't stop the ball and gets beat off the bounce, you got nobody protecting the rim behind, that's a problem. You know, you got to hustle back. But... It ended up not being an issue at all. Clippers won that first quarter 35-33. And in this game, they successfully won every quarter. They did not give any quarter. And so 42-33 in the second, it was that run late in the second that sparked the Clipper lead at the half. It was a pretty neck-and-neck game the entire first half. 
a lot of fouls. I have to say, the Clippers, in my opinion, and I don't say this often, I think they were the benefit of the officiating, especially with guys like Harden and Norm that were just getting some generous calls. But there were a lot of free throws given out either way. 26 free throw attempts for the Knicks. They made 23 of those. They shot well from the line. Clippers shot 34 free throw attempts. 30, if I'm not mistaken, in the first half, which is the most of any team in the NBA this season for a half. We shot 28 for 34 from the line, 82%. So Clippers have really been shooting the ball better from the line. I thought Russell Westbrook, when he came into this game with Norman Powell late in that first quarter, they were awesome, both of them. The energy Russ was bringing, he had this monster offensive rebound that I caught on video uh, at the end of the first quarter. Norm was just continuing to do what Norm does, attacking closeouts, knocking down the open shot. And I really liked the way he was getting after defensively. And Russ as well. You can't bully him. He's been engaged this year. And Russ really seems to have understood the assignment of what he's asked for him on this team. And that is to go out and play hard defense and bring energy, whether it be on the offensive glass, getting the crowd involved, pushing the pace, all that stuff. But I was a little disappointed that he actually didn't play in the second quarter outside of like a couple of seconds at the end. Harden got the whole second quarter. And again, I am pro keeping them off the court together. There was a moment in the game, in the second quarter actually, where we had both Kawhi and Paul not in. And remember, Paul George is coming off that hip injury. So that's the reason why that was the case. And we got some Amir Coffee in this game for the first time in actual rotation minutes with Paul George and Kawhi and everybody, you know, in that's in the rotation healthy. So Amir Coffee, look for that going forward, Clipper Nation. He could be getting into that rotation. He might already be in that rotation. But at the end of the second, James Harden and Terrence Mann really sparked the run going into the half. James was a little quieter in that first half, but he was still making good passes. I thought in the second quarter he started getting going towards the end, finding the open man, whether it be Zoo on the roll or shooters in transition. And Terrence Mann hitting two threes. Harden hit one as well. That was right at the end of that second quarter. That was huge for Terrence's confidence. Looking at the stats right now, he shot two for four from three, four for eight from the field. So that 50% from three, I really hope that can get his confidence going back from that three-point range because he's going to be getting that shot all season. He was three for three from the line, 13 points and four assists, no turnovers in 27 minutes, having Terrence in double figures and not turning the ball over and playing good defense. That's a total win. That's the Terrence man you want to see. And in the third quarter, Clippers just blew them out the water. It was the Kawhi and Paul George show. Uh, 8-0 Kawhi run to start the third. PG got going after a slower first half. And the 2-1-3 uh, duo had 30 of the 37 points in the quarter for the Clippers. We outscored the Knicks by 5 in that quarter and just ran away with it. I felt it was over after the third Randall and Brunson were kept pretty much at bay. Josh Hart got ejected. That was a weird ejection. Everybody in the re in the arena that I was around was surprised that he got ejected for that because it looked like he had said one thing. And remember, I'm, I didn't watch the game on TV, so it looked like he had just said one thing and got ejected for that. I saw him make a little hand gesture, but I thought that the swinging of the fist was the automatic technical, not just any hand gesture, especially when he had already gotten a technical. That's pretty inconsistent, but then again, I didn't hear what he said. Clippers win it 144-122. to 122. Coming up, going to be talking a little bit more about some of the defensive coverages I saw from the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard and the unbelievable level that he is playing at. 
Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And here's how it works all you got to do is pick two to five players and predict if they will score. Six, two to six players and predict if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projections. And with basketball season and football season going on simultaneously, you can get involved with the specials league, which allows you to combine two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can take the more on Kawhi Leonard's points and then you can have Debo Samuel touchdowns at the same time. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entire that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets hurt. That's very convenient, isn't it? Don't have that in fantasy. Just go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Clippers win this one 144 to 122. That makes it seven straight wins, Clipper Nation. It's a good time to be a Clipper fan. My takeaway, as I said, too much talent for the Knicks. The Knicks, defensively, they're middle of the pack this season. And it was it was very easy. They had no one that could guard Kawhi. They didn't really have much resistance for PG. James Harden in the pick and roll was causing issues. Their guards weren't big enough to guard Russell Westbrook. I mean, 144 points. That says it all. We got stuff in the paint. We got stuff on the perimeter. Easy money. As far as our coverage is defensively, we're mixing it up a bit. At first, the bigs were hedging on the screens or going to the level of the screen, so Jalen Brunson and Emmanuel quickly weren't getting open shots right off the screen, and that was working. But what was actually keeping the Knicks in the game that I didn't mention in the first segment was Dante DiVincenzo was making every three in the first quarter. And as expected, actually, you know what? Not as expected because you just never know with the Clippers, but as you would hope he returned to earth as the game went on. We also saw a little bit of zone for the Clippers at various points towards the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second. And the Knicks, you know, they don't really have that much shooting from the outside. So pretty good call there by Ty Lue, who, by the way, people are not really criticizing lately, huh? Let's give Coach Ty Lue his props when the team is playing well. Because when he when it's not... Everyone's on his ass. People saying he's not good enough to coach this team. I see so many people in the Locked On comments saying he's the problem with this team. He's incompetent. But now everyone's going to say, oh, he has all this talent. He has a super team like you say, uh, Darian. He needs to be doing this. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. And when it's going wrong, everybody wants to blame Ty Lue. When it's going well, no one wants to say a word. He absolutely deserves credit. Russell Westbrook, I'm going to be talking about him and his sacrifice in the final segment. But... The Clips, you know, what we did was stay locked in defensively from a an individual perspective, and that translated to a team thing. You know, when everybody's locked in individually, 
and you're already getting continuity with guys not being really hurt. You know, Paul George only missed one game. James Harden and Russell Westbrook haven't missed a game. Kawhi hasn't missed a game. Knocking on that wood, still knocking. And the fact that Paul George is back after one game, that wood is still working pretty well. Kawhi Leonard having played all 25 games, you know what that means? Not only that the Clippers are playing great basketball because he's playing great basketball, but that maybe, because if this continues... He might be in the conversation for MVP. MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now he's playing at such a high level. One of the things I was big wrong about so far was that when we got Harden, I was worried that losing that front court depth, we just lost guys that could play defense, which we did, and that would force Kawhi and Paul to play more defense. And right now, Kawhi Leonard is playing that. He is guarding very good players, not just being alert with what he's asked to do. He is guarding very good players on a nightly basis, exerting a lot of energy and giving dudes buckets at ridiculous levels. This is the highest level of basketball we have ever seen from a Clipper, at least in Los Angeles. I can't speak on MVP Bob McAdoo, but in Los Angeles, there's never been. I've seen the best. I saw Tim Brand. I saw CP3 and Blake. We've never had somebody like this. And it's just crazy that like five years in, we're, we're starting to see it. We felt it for a bit last season, but not 25 games straight worth. Not to the point where I was going to games and expecting to see Kawhi and having been used to, starting to get used to seeing this level of play. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And this is what we did this for. This is why I was going absolutely bananas. I called it the second best day of my life at the time, July 5th, 2019, when we got Kawhi and Paul George. Not because we got Paul George, because we got Kawhi. And right now, he is playing at an MVP caliber level and a potential second team all defense. I wouldn't say first because there's guys that literally guard the best players every single minute of the game when they're in, but maybe second team. We'll see. We also saw some Brandon Boston in this game and some Joshua Primo. Didn't like what I saw from some Primo. I was happy to see Brandon Boston get some shots up. I believe he was one for three. He was. Hit a step back three. Kobe Brown hit two threes in garbage time. But Amir Coffey, he might be taking Kobe's minutes going forward. And I suggested that potentially on the show, but then I, you know, I didn't go all out on that on that take because I thought they're pretty different players with different builds. But in this t- small ball era, I mean, I think Amir Coffey can hang if he's out there with one of Paul George and Kawhi in terms of size in the front court. You know, Daniel Tice, he only had one made shot. He was one for three, but he was five for six on the line, going up aggressively, good in that role, working hard defensively, seven points and a steal in 15 minutes. You just cannot understate what Ty- Daniel Tice has done for this team. Can't understate it, understate it at all. We were, we're 11 and three with Tice. Kawhi Leonard, though, 36 points. Set, he barely, I don't remember if he barely played in the fourth or if he didn't play at all. Let me, let me check. Just just for the sake of checking. Yeah, Kawhi was, didn't play in the fourth at all. Amazing. 36 points. On 12 for 20... Uh, I'm sorry, for on 12 for 16 shooting. 75%. 5 for 6 from 3. 7 for 7 from the line in just 30 minutes. That's also seven rebounds and four assists and two steals and no turnovers to go along with that as well. Let me repeat that one more time. 36, 7, 4, and 2. Zero turnovers 
on 12 for 16 shooting, 5 for 6 from 3, and 7 for 7 from the line. You're joking. I just hope to God he stays healthy. Because everyone before this season, I mean, I definitely counted him out from a health perspective. But I'm not going to speak that I've been proven wrong yet because it's all about the long haul. I'm just taking it one game at a time. As you guys have listened and, and noticed, I'm not making any bold statements about Kawhi and if you think making saying he's in the MVP conversation is a bold statement, then you're not watching the games. But, but in terms of like what he's going to do down the line and what he should what he should win and this and that and oh Kawhi is showing he can stay healthy and all that, I'm not making any of these statements because I don't want to tempt fate. And it, there's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But right now, what we're seeing, we haven't seen from Kawhi just factually. 25 straight games as a Clipper. And he's playing at such a high level, which we know he can play. If he's healthy enough to play 25 straight games, this is what we can see. And everybody before the season, this not this is not Clipper fans, other teams fans that were like, oh, I can't, you know, the Clippers, I'm not worried about them because Kawhi and Paul are never healthy. That's fair. Okay. But you know those games that they are healthy and your team plays them? You're still playing against one of the best players in the world, Kawhi Leonard. What a level he's playing at. How about Paul George? Started out slow airballed a couple of shots got going in that third quarter in transition a lot you know the Clippers started to get stops and hit shots in transition in that third quarter as I said 8-0 run by Kawhi to start that quarter the Knicks started cooling off guys like DiVincenzo were no longer making shots and I thought we did a good job of pushing the pace off of misses and getting shots in transition Paul George you know he loves those pull-up threes off a miss and Kawhi, yeah, 36 points after three, absolutely destroying Julius Randle. Thought Russell Westbrook had a really good end of that quarter as well. Um, the only really nervy stretch, I wouldn't even say nervy, but tough, was the end of the first quarter. And then in the second quarter, Jalen Brunson started cooking in the pick and roll. Shots that we had no chance, like Terrence Mann would be in his face and he would hit a step back or a snatch back behind the back. Some really great shot making by Brunson. But overall... We held him to 7 for 17 shooting and just 22 points. We'll take that. And Julius Randle, efficient game, 8 for 17, but 22 points. And as a team, Nick shot 47%, so not bad, but just 31% from three, whereas the Clippers shot 57% from the field and 48.5% from three. 16 threes made, 16 for 33. Just an overall amazing shooting night for us. Knocking down the three ball, and you have to say we're generating great looks. Coming up, going to be talking about Russell Westbrook and his sacrifice, what that's meant to the team, and a recent piece detailing just what that decision has meant for Mr. Goatbrook. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book, as the playoffs get closer for the NFL. The NBA and college basketball are fully underway in full swing right now customers new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins if you if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there's no better time to get in on the action i've been talking about the clippers title odds about 2 weeks ago they were 10th place now they're in sixth place. I told you guys to go on FanDuel and just place it. I know Clippers championship, everybody has PTSD, but why not? Why not? Low risk, high reward kind of deal if you if you do uh you know if you manage it smartly. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get your picks in. 
and place your bets for the NFL playoff push and the NBA season. All right. Clippers winning this one, 144 to 122. Something else I want to shout out is the home crowd. You know, the Clippers have had a really weird pattern in terms of attendance so far this season. First two games were sellouts. Then we made the Harden trade. That Orlando game was not sold out. His debut was not sold out. And then we had three straight sellouts. We beat Houston, played New Orleans, and then beat Dallas. And then neither game against Denver has sold out. The game against Sacramento that we did absolutely smashed them didn't sell out. Of course, both games against the Warriors did. And now this game against the Knicks did. The Blazers, of course, did not. Two straight sellouts, though. I hope people are starting to realize what they can see here. Four Hall of Famers. I mean, I still, I'm like, when I'm at the game and I see West, I'm start as I said, I'm used to Kawhi and Paul George now. But Russell Westbrook and James Harden, Harden especially, like seeing the actual beard, his literal beard, in person playing for the Clippers, I'm like, oh my God, like what reality am I living in? And I know I've said this before on the show, but it's crazy. However, you know, there was a lot of Knicks fans in the building. I'd say like 35%. And you might not even have been able to tell after the second quarter. And I think one of the big reasons is my section 207. Again, Steve Ballmer, great idea having a section of fans that can just start chants and just all like-minded people that love this team. Like, are you guys hearing those MVP chants on TV for Kawhi? Because I'm starting them half the time. So for all you Kawhi stands hating from like wherever you guys come from, I'm rooting. I'm literally starting MVP chance for your favorite player in the real life. So like, you guys can say whatever you want about my opinion of Kawhi. Fact of the matter is, I've had nothing but praise for him in this episode. And as Clipper, you know, we take care of our players. That's why they like being here. Straight up. Speaking of players that like being here, how about Russell Westbrook? How about the energy that he brought to the game? I was disappointed he didn't get more minutes in the second quarter. He actually only ended up playing 15 minutes. I don't really like that. But look at this filling up the stat sheet when he was in. Zero turnovers, my favorite stat of all. 10 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, and a steal on 4 for 7. Shooting for Russ, only one 3-point attempt. He didn't make it, but man, the fact that the game was over by the 4th quarter, you gotta love it. Russell Westbrook, so impactful in his his minutes. His rebounds are incredible. His ability to get to the basket still. You can't understate, or you can't overstate, his value. Understate or overstate. <laughs> he's just so impactful. And the fact that he's been okay with this, coming off the bench, not getting as many minutes as he pretty much, that he deserves. I know I, there's a lot of people that disagree with me on this. Not really Clipper fans, though. Most Clipper fans seem to agree with me on this. Mainly player stands don't. But Westbrook, he absolutely has done nothing to have this few of minutes. The thing is, though, the fit with Harden on the court is not great. And even though it's had some glimpses of looking better lately, it's still not ideal. And here's a stat from Clipper beat writer Justin Russo. The Clippers are 12-3, and counting pre- and post-trade, when the big four have not played together. They're 3-7 and when they have. And that means on the court at the same time. Not having them together, and that's mainly because not having Harden and Westbrook together, has worked. And Harden's playing well, you know, in this game... He had a double-double, doing what we needed him to do. He didn't shoot very well. He was only 2-for-6 and 1-for-4 from 3 and 5-for-7 from the line. So he just didn't have a very good shooting game. But again, when he can have bad shooting games in games where we win by 22, 
That's amazing because he also was holding his own defensively, got a steal in two blocks, continuing to be good defensively. I said he had his best defensive game I've ever seen, not I've ever seen, but in in many years that I've seen against the Warriors the other night, picking up where he left off. He was a plus 22. He had 10 points, four rebounds, and 12 dimes to go along with that steal in two blocks and only one turnover in 28 minutes. Very solid performance from Harden. How about Russell Westbrook? I already mentioned him. Paul George, though, started out slow, ended up with 25, 4, and 7. That's 7 assists. 25 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals on 11 for 18 shootings. So he ended up very efficient. No free throw attempts, though. Um, hopefully that changes. Well, it will change. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want to see that. 3 for 6 from 3. So just an overall very good shooting game from Paul. As I said, that third quarter is when he really got going. In 31 minutes of play, he played more minutes than anyone. Norman Powell, he shot 60% from the field and 50% from three. Six for 10 from the field, one for two from three. You know foul baiting Norm is going to get to the line. Three for three from the foul line. In 24 minutes, he had 16 points and two rebounds and a block. And I thought he played very solid defense. You love to see it. You love to see it. Seven Clippers in double figures. The big four, Terrence, Zoo, and Norm. How about Amir Coffey? Very solid defense. He was one for three. All his shots were threes, but three points and a rebound in 17 minutes. Very solid. Daniel Tice, by the way, it, I didn't know what coverage he was playing. He wasn't, it didn't seem like consistent coverage defensively. Sometimes he was in that high drop. Sometimes he was just dropping deep. But everything was working pretty well because our point of attack defense was pretty solid. So credit guys like Terrence, Paul, Kawhi. Last one is Zubats. I think he's playing at such a high level right now. He had a double-double, 13 points, 11 rebounds, four of those offensive rebounds, two assists, a steal, two blocks, no turnovers on five-for-nine shooting and three-for-four from the foul line. Just amazing. Zoo's been so good the last, like, 12, 13 games, basically ever since that game against the Nuggets. Eh, you know what? Going back further than that, he wasn't great in that game, but he wasn't bad either just because DJ outplayed him. Zoo, it's been so good lately. And again, keep showing your respect to him. He deserves an apology from some. Eleven and three at home. That's what I was going. That's what I was saying about two hundred seven. Having a ch- section that can, you know, basically create noise at any given moment, makes it so that's not fully dead in the stadium, or you can, you know, doesn't sound fully dead on TV all the time. Quicker chance, quicker reactions to calls. Eleven and three at home. Now the main reason is Kawhi and Paul George being healthy and the talent that we have. But hey, I do think that having a crowd is only it only helps to have an enthusiastic crowd. Eleven and three, it just feels amazing when you can feel like you're a part of something like that. When you feel like you can affect the games, that's why I've always loved going to games because it's not because I want to see NBA players play live. It's because I want to be loud and hopefully get something going to affect the outcome. There's no better feeling than when you're as a fan of a team than when you're at a game and you feel like you're affecting the momentum. Eleven and three at home for the Clippers. And it's not just about 207. It's about everybody that goes to games. Every Clipper fan that's listening. I know the people that listen are loud at games because they care. So shout out to Clipper Nation, man. Amazing. Also want to give a special shout out to one of my listeners, Ross. Uh, He actually heard that I said that I get dehydrated at games and he brought me a water at halftime, man. Clipper Nation is the best. You cannot say enough about this fan base. Nine turnovers, only nine last game against New York. You love that. And yeah, 60 paint points. 
Clippers win it 144 to 122. Had as much as a 32 point lead. They're now in sixth place in the West. Now we go on the road for a bit this week. Indiana. High scoring Indiana on Monday. I expect us to win because they can't guard a parking meter. The Clippers are rolling right now, and Kawhi is playing so well, I wouldn't bet against him at all. Things are looking up. Shout out to, oh, by the way, so one thing I also wanted to mention before we get off, Russell Westbrook, read the recent article that Joey Lynn, who was on this show in the summer, wrote for Sports Illustrated about Russ and the sacrifice and how he was saying it's all about winning a championship. It's tough. He knows it's not ideal, the minute situation, but you also have to remember he's friends with these guys. And he wants to win with his with his boys. It's the one thing missing from his career, and he knows it. So, Russ fans, suck it up and realize that Russell Westbrook winning a championship as a seventh man, which is the minimum of what he is, is more valuable than going to San Antonio right now or Chicago and putting up great stats and watching him play a lot and lose. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, to see what it was like at the game and hear fans' thoughts throughout the night. And Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where you need to subscribe and hit the notification bell. We're over 4K, but let's keep going. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers. Have a great week, everyone. And by oh, by the way, 4-0. We talked about the homestand, how big it was at the top of the week, and we got rid of all of them. We won every single game this week at home, defending home court. Absolutely amazing. And as you see, we're in the playoff picture. If it were to end, if it were to end today, it would not be in the plan. And I guarantee you, we're only going up. The age-old problem continues. Go Clippers.